Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Hyland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Good afternoon, Emmy. Good afternoon. It is. It's 12 o'clock. I know. I just almost <laughs> said good morning. I was like, no, we've actually been here on the porch again. We're on the front porch, and it's spring break, so mm-hmm. we slept in a little bit. I slept in a little bit. I you slept g- in, too. 7.30 is pretty good for me. <laughs> <laughs> and you got here later, and we've just been visiting for a while, and we're like, ah, oh, we better get at it. Yes. But yeah, it's so nice. We're on the porch. The uh, The chimes were so loud, we had to take them down. <laughs> but it feels so good. There are bees buzzing. There are bees. There's a little breeze. We're sipping blood orange San Pellegrino. <laughs> a cherry pomegranate San Pellegrino. The season is upon us. Restoring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the truth. Dad and I took a hike yesterday. Walk slash hike. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't want to go because we'd had such a busy weekend and the last of you had just left (laughs) yesterday. And I was like, and where's the couch? I was ready to lay down. And he was like, we need to go for a walk. And I knew he was probably right. And it felt, you know, that first time when you really get out in the spring. And I've talked a lot about how I love winter, winter. And I do love winter. And I don't... I love all the seasons, but I always wrestle with the changing seasons, mm-hmm. which is a theme just in my life, yeah. change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a theme. I, I joke that the only constant in my life is change. Yes. And I don't like change. And so the transitioning seasons, I always, I'm like, no, I wanted to do this in the winter and this in the winter. My winter bucket list wasn't done. But then I get outside like we did yesterday, and it's just gorgeous and the new life and the sun and thinking then about all the fun things that we do in the warm weather. Yes. So, and it was such a beautiful Easter weekend. Yeah. It's really, really nice. So, and it's so fun to be on the porch again where we started. It is. We're coming all the way back out. Yeah. Come full circle. We had to move inside. Yeah. Yeah, we were up in the little storybook room, Three Bears room, and now we're outside again. Back on the porch. Yep. So I was um, thinking about two episodes ago, we alluded to maybe talking a little bit about um, complaining Mm -hmm. and grumbling and what a thief that can be. Mm -hmm. And so... We thought we would talk about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's kind of negative, but it's, I think it's something, it's one of those subtle habits and sins that's like a slow leak, I think, on our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and something about human nature is, I mean, we'll complain when things are really bad, but we'll, we'll complain. When things are great, too. And sometimes I mm-hmm. think the better things are, myself, I find myself a little bit more inclined. Like if it's a really gorgeous day, but there's this one thing. 
Yeah. You know, it's like the the negative things will stand out even more um, in the face of the gifts and the beauty. And it makes right. me think of kids at Christmas. Mm-hmm. How just that that scene of, you know, here they're being given a lot. And some of them sometimes will get greedy and be upset because, you know, they wanted the yellow Mm-hmm. Whatever, and they got the purple one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's just something in human nature that we can, you know, it's like in even in the good times, we can be even kind of idealistic mm-hmm. and and then complain about what's lacking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we get so comfortable with our comfort that we then start looking for. The ways that we are not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sitting in this cozy chair and I've got my coffee. (sighs) But if I could just lose this like other five pounds that's like spilling over my jeans, then this would be perfect. You know, like then I would be happy. Yeah. Or if the, you know, I've been wanting to paint the room and Mm -hmm. yeah, it's true. We, I know I, we, you know, we just celebrated Easter and I can get so uber idealistic about what a celebration is supposed to look like. Yeah. And fortunately, I I didn't this year. I Mm -hmm. ordered out. (laughs) We had a bunch of barbecue. (laughs) I don't think we should ever go back. No, I don't think I mean, we all made little sides (laughs) and some desserts, but this was the simplest. Yeah. Easter. Yeah. In many Easters. And we, we did paper plates. <gasps> and I'm proud of On it. On Easter. Mm-hmm. We did. We did paper plates. We we did, we did used real silverware. Dad was like, you want the plastic silverware? I was like, no. No, <laughs> no I just can't go there. It is Easter. Jesus did rise. We, we, we're not, we'll we use real <laughs> silverware. Um, but it, yeah, it was... It, it it was a, a wonderful day, and I, I didn't go there, but I often will, and I'll get really idealistic about it. You know what's funny? I think that one of the gifts of being tired is, or being stretched, you mm-hmm. know, is just like you, you start to get so much clarity about what really matters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so coming into the weekend, I just knew, you know, I'm, I'm working now. I knew I had to get the house cleaned up, had to do, you know— a few things here and there, and cooking a huge meal just wasn't on Not the, in the cards. Not, no, not at all. Um, so that's really not a great example because I wasn't really complaining. Well, maybe maybe I can, I can... There's an aspect of that that does speak to it, and that is that I, I decided I was just going to enjoy it. And there were things all weekend. You know, we had a, a dinner out with the family that was a little cray-cray just because we well, we had a late reservation. Right. Like already past the kids' bedtime. And then... Then it got pushed even later. Then it got pushed later. And yeah, it was... I mean, it's memorable. It was I mean, very memorable. All of the kids <laughs> went in like past their bedtime right. to sit down. That's when we were getting menus and I know. seated. I know. And about when we got our food was about when my kids would have already been asleep for like an and hour and a half. And you'd be getting ready for bed. And yeah. I would be getting ready for <laughs> bed. So, yeah, it was really funny because like 
some of the family has really little kids and some of the family still has no kids. Yeah. Not in and they're all kid life. There. And they're all twitching. <laughs> yeah. Like it was pretty funny. Like me and Ethan and Daniel and Hillary are at one end with, with all the kids. All the kids. Yeah. yeah. And Juniper, my niece and Benjamin Joseph, my youngest are having like a screaming match. <laughs> like they think it's hilarious, but they're like screaming and Blood curdling. Benjamin Joseph hits Your, a pitch yeah, that's like, yeah. And so your brothers at the other incredible. end have their fingers in their ears because sipping their Modelo. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, Wondering. the sounds of my children offend you. All right, we might. That's be what new too, life too sounds trans- like. <laughs> yeah, this is too, too transparent. transparent. What back are we up, talking about? Complaining. Complaining. So I went there just because. It was a weekend. I mean, a full, a, a full weekend. weekend full of, and, and I, I kind of thought, I knew it was going to be crazy. I've been at it long enough to know it was going to be crazy. And so I set my ideals aside for the most part and just embraced what is. And there's a lot of beauty and, and that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's just, it can be such an intentional, I, for me, it has to be intentional that I am going to see what is good here and be thankful for it and enjoy it um, because my idealism will so quickly, you know, move toward fault-finding, whatever the situation. Um, I'm I'm inclined when I hear, like, when I hear that, the fault-finding, like, I am inclined towards practical solutions. And I think that there is something so good about calling complaining what it is because I I think we feel like we've done something when we've complained. We've found the fault and we've called it bad. We've said this isn't good, but we haven't. That's really good. We haven't actually changed our situation. And I love like if somebody gives me a practical solution for my life, I'm going to use that immediately. You have a way to make my life easier? Thank you. Right. Let's implement that. There are practical solutions, and complaining is not a solution. Well, really, all complaining is is this is this way, and I don't like it. Yeah. And everybody just needs to know that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing's um, changed. Nothing's changed. Uh-uh. And, you know, the Bible says it's um, man's glory to overlook an offense. An offense. And mm-hmm. really isn't that what complaining is? You know, I am I am in some way, shape, or manner offended. Yeah. I don't like the weather. I don't like how you're talking to me. I don't like um that I'm exhausted and the baby's teething and I haven't slept in four days. Yeah. And now the kids don't like their lunch. It you speaks know? a lot to also it reveals our hearts, I think. There's yeah. something that it's saying I shouldn't have to deal with this. It shouldn't be this way. Well, why not? Who says, you know? In this world, you will have trouble, is what Jesus told us. Yeah. And and it all, I think at its heart, it really reflects a very self-centered, spoiled attitude. And that's harsh, but like you said, you're a problem solver. And what does the Bible tell us? Complaining is sin. Mm-hmm. And it's not, um, it's not a small sin. I mean, I you know, if you want to know what God thinks about complaining, 
read read about the Israelites in the desert. And in short, you know, after he provided for them, he showed his power, he fed them. And they, when they complained, at one point he had enough and the ground opened up and swallowed some of them. Yeah. What we need to do, because I feel I, I'm thinking about like people who are tired, people who are who need an out, and so they make a complaint. They're like, I, I, I want this different. I want this changed. And I mean, we were made for Eden. Sin messed it up. Yeah. So I'm thinking, rather than a complaint, we need to turn our complaints into requests. Because a complaint says exactly what you said. It shouldn't be this way. Well, it is this way. Right. Sin has entered our world. It's messed up. It's messy. We're tired. Things aren't going well. There's not enough money in the bank, whatever it is. Right. But my complaint doesn't change anything. It just says, I shouldn't have to deal with this. My request says, this is the lot you've given me. And can you help me? Yeah. Can you help me? change this? Can you help me lift That's so it? good because it's not just a Pollyanna attitude. It's not just, you know, throw a scripture on it, turn up the worship music right, and give thanks. Yeah. It is. Drink some ag- more coffee and get after it. Right. Yeah. It is. It is an acknowledgement that this is hard. It's holding both, you know, it's holding gratitude. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, gratitude, not just for what he's given us, but that he's given us himself. So he's with us. Yeah. He's struggling with us. He's beside us. You know, we are, um, he's helping us. Um, and so, yeah, so it's not just tough, tough it out, even in a spiritual way. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah, to do the the thing to do is to ask for help, to request. And I also think it made me think of lament. Mm -hmm. You know, lament is not the same as complaining. I mean, there's an aspect. It's like bringing your complaint to God. Which is vulnerable. It's vulnerable and it's, but it's almost, it's sane. It's not supposed to be like this, this not hurts. in a whiny way, you know. Yeah. And we know the difference of it, you know, just in children. There's children who stomp their feet and throw a fit, and they're, you know, they are, they are making a statement. No, I don't like this. And then there's a child that is weepy and wants comfort, runs to their mother's arms, to, right? Yeah, and and is. Asking for help or lamenting, you know, I don't want to go to bed. I, or, you know, this hurt me and mm-hmm. I'm upset about it. And that is such a recourse for us in our complaining. Mm-hmm. That's really good because I often do think, I'm like, how could I complain? Give thanks. And I do believe so much in the power of giving thanks because our complaints. I often are just letting whatever the thing is get way up in our face and stealing the narrative and robbing us of all that we've been given. And so to me, gratitude sets that, yes, this is a problem. Yes, I'm not happy about this. Right. But I'm going to be grateful and to give thanks for the things around me. But you know what it is? Both thanksgiving and lament are a conversation with God and a complaint is not a conversation with him. 
It's a fist. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, my lament is exactly, it's running to, running to the arms of the Father. Yeah. And my thanksgiving is also running to the arms of the Father. And a complaint is, it's a fist shaking at the Father. You yeah. know? It's lament a- and thanksgiving bring me into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And complaint distances. Yeah, complaint us. is you shouldn't have done it this way, or it not ought not to be this way. And I don't think most of us are shaking our fist at heaven. Sometimes maybe we are, but um, I, it's almost like we are forgetting about heaven. We're just like you know, I'm king of my or queen of my life. I'm supposed to be in charge, and I don't like how this is, forgetting that we're not on the throne of our own lives, Yeah, that we are, that God is, Mm -hmm. and it's not all about us. We're not that special, Mm -hmm. which really relieves us. It's freeing. It is so freeing. And that's how I felt this weekend. Right. You know, I was telling you earlier, I'm really attuned to people in general and then to my own family Right. Massively. So we had all but four were there Friday night at the Mexican restaurant late at night. And I'm feeling all the things. And in my mind, I'm also thinking kind of like you. It's like, you guys are fine. You know, these, this is what kids do, but I, I want everyone to enjoy themselves. Right. You know, that's a big part of my motivation in my life. But I had to remind myself, you're, you're not, you know, in control. You're not supposed to be right God to all these people in this instance. You know, you you don't have to take care of everything. Right. And and that freed me to be able to say, yeah, there's, you know, I wish it weren't so late and all the things, but then to just here I here I am with my family. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's messy, but we're here to celebrate, you know. Your brother's birthday. Yeah. Thank God that we're all here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to enjoy, I'm get every bit of it, you know? Yeah. That I can. All of it. Yeah. And, right, and that's the best that you can do is to say, these are the things that I would like to change and be practical about them, you know? And, and give thanks for the things that you are thankful for. I This morning I was getting up and I was looking around our bedroom and there's just laundry everywhere. And immediately, like, you know, the way you can wake up sometimes and just all the things that you have to do, like flood your mind and you're like, oh my gosh, like if I could have got up at like three hours earlier and done all of this, then I wouldn't have to think about it all. And, you know, you start shooting on yourself. And mm-hmm. But I got up and I was looking around at all the laundry and I had that exact thought, like, give thanks. And I'm not thankful for the messy bedroom, but I am thankful that we have a bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that we have a bedroom with a door on it, which I didn't always have. Mm-hmm. I used to not have a, a door on my bedroom. I'm thankful that all the laundry is clean and it's in here. So if we need clothes, we can get them. And then as I walked out, the house is messy too. Ethan was overwhelmed um, because the dishes were all piled up. And I was like, don't do the dishes right now. Just have breakfast. Make breakfast. And don't worry about the dishes because you can't do them right now. And he was like, 
you are the order to my chaos and like (laughs) his hands on my cheeks but I was like this is okay practically I can't fix this right now right and you kind of you mother yourself a little bit yeah you know like just mother yourself what what would a mother say Mm -hmm. like okay, well, you can't do that right now. Right. But you do need to feed the kids. So put the bacon in the oven (laughs) and find three clean plates. And yeah, like this is not ideal. We do not usually have dishes all piled up. You know, we don't usually have three days of celebrations either. You know, so give yourself a little bit of grace. Okay. Yeah. We've had three days of being out and that's why the dish is piled up and right. that is okay right and we will do the dishes and you know that <laughs> that speaks to like you said mothering yourself and just training yourself you know the bible tells us to take all of our right, thoughts, when your mind thoughts just captive right firing those right and all of a sudden thoughts exactly and that's why it's so stressful not because they're dirty dishes, mm-hmm. but because what do those dirty dishes say about you? Right. They represent to me, I failed. Right. I wasn't on top of it. Right. I didn't get my ish straightened yeah. out. And, we, and we're so quick to assign morality to amoral things. Right. Things that they're not immoral, they're amoral. They right. don't have moral value. Ooh. They don't. Yeah. And... and and that just is a result of living in a very loud culture that tells us they do. That you are happy if this is this is what happiness is, this right. is what success is, this is what That's so um, true. Even we have a Christian version of it too. Right. We talk about shoulding on ourselves, but the culture <laughs> shoulds all over us. I mean, they really do. They do. Yeah, they, they do. do. <laughs> and so it's training your mind to what is what is true. So the dirty laundry is I mean, yeah, maybe if you're you're lazy and you're neglecting then then just be honest. Be honest, right? You talked um about the last episode about blaming, you right. know, rather than taking Versus responsibility. Taking responsibility. And that's, it feels like this little subtle shift in my head, but it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so, it's also very freeing. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did, I made this mistake or I need to change this. Right. God help me do it. Yeah. Versus, you know, the shame of blaming yourself or why, or I think, even taking responsibility in that instance, you yeah. know, so you're you're tempted to blame yourself. But if you shift to taking responsibility for the laundry, well, then you're being realistic and you're like, yeah, I am responsible for the laundry and I'm doing the laundry. I just haven't folded it yet. It's like yeah. you're bringing the truth to it. Right. You're not just, and you're, you're pushing back against it. And so I think that it really is just challenging our own thoughts and, you know, complaining. I mean, when do little kids complain? They complain when they're tired. Yeah. You know, they complain when they're hungry. They're hangry. And, and there again, we are going to be more prone toward complaining at the same times, you know, but bringing it back to what's the real issue with ourselves. Right. And um, it, I thought of, I had written something a while back, I think it was on Instagram, but it was just kind of my own little 
you know, talking to myself. And, and it was just, if you're used to seeing your glass half empty, mm-hmm. a bigger glass isn't going to change your perspective. Yeah. And it was just me seeing, because I am, you know, I'll tend to see what's wrong with the situation. And I thought, and then you're, and then you think, well, if I just had this or if I just had this. Right. But it, that's not the issue. Yeah. The issue is, you know, if I had a bigger glass or if I had a cleaner glass or whatever, the issue isn't the glass. Yeah. The issue is my tendency to seeing it half empty. Right. Instead of half full. Right. And if we're waiting to live our lives until the laundry is folded and everybody's sleep schedules are figured out or, you know, till you're making more money or whatever that is for you, we're not living. Yeah. You know, if if I'm going to wait to cultivate Thanksgiving in my life, when I feel (laughs) happier, (laughs) like I'm really not taking and using the best that Thanksgiving has to offer me because actually what Thanksgiving is meant to do is to transform my heart and mind. Right. And Thanksgiving, it doesn't wait for, you know, good circumstances. Right. You know? Isn't that the best thing though, that it's right here, right now. What is your everyday, the wonder of your everyday, what is it? The wonder? Yeah. Embracing the Embracing wonder of your, the wonder and <laughs> joy of your everyday life. It's the, good that we know our own tagline. <laughs> it's there. I just, I'm tired. Um, the wonder and joy of your everyday life. And it's this. It's, it's whatever circumstance. It's, it's right here, right now, this kind of, um, Imperfect. Imperfect. Yeah, that the joy is now. Yeah. You know? The the um the right steps right. are now. And isn't that our hope? I mean the joy is Jesus in a manger. I mean Yeah. It, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus on a cross, you know? Jesus resurrected. With holes in his hands. Yeah. There's nothing, I mean, it's so cleaned up for us, but it was devastating, you know? It was the greatest injustice of the world, you know? I mean, it's just the greatest of everything. You know, we're talking about he came as an infant in love. Mm -hmm. He also came with an army. Yeah. The host of angels was an army. They didn't have harps, you know, they were an (laughs) army. And he was coming to achieve what he did on the cross and on Resurrection Sunday, to put death to death. And that can sound so ethereal and out there, and yeah, that's all awesome, but what does that do for me when I'm exhausted, tired, when I'm in this difficult relationship, when I can't get ahead of the laundry or the things or the child's issue? And I was I was sharing with Dad yesterday that there's a song by Andrew Peterson I just love called His Heartbeats. Mm-hmm. It starts off if you listen really carefully, his you hear a heartbeat, mm-hmm. and it's about you know he's dead in the tomb and his heart starts beating. Mm-hmm. And it says in that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Mm-hmm. And that line has just been in my head so much. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that's what Jesus did. He destroyed death. And in our lives, 
the last enemy to be destroyed is death, that that's our final victory. Because when we die in relationship with God and through faith in Christ, we defeat death. Mm -hmm. We don't just go in the ground. We defeat death. And so the ramifications of that in our day-to-day lives, all of our difficulties and our pain and our sorrow and our the sin, our results of sin mm-hmm. and death. Yeah. And I guess it's still a little bit out there and it's hard for me to put words to, but it's, I don't know, it's for me it's worth kind of wrangling and getting a hold of because it just puts a hope. Yeah. And it, it helps me not put unrealistic expectations on my days and my life, right? Right. Well, if we if we live our lives holding eternity, it is going to automatically put perspective on everything. That's why yeah. we were taught to number our days. If I wake up and I say thank you for today, that I get to live another day, and I try to every morning, <laughs> remember that. And remember that this is this is a blip before eternity. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, the laundry doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, all of our ideals and values aren't like these watered down things we're like kind of reaching in the dark for. They're just clarified. It's like it puts a bright light on what is most important. Right. And suddenly, all the other things. Are they're just put in proper perspective. Right. And they are a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And the end is to love well in this day. Mm-hmm. In this in the difficulty, in the circumstances. Man, I wonder if people listening to our podcast are like, I don't like your answers. Like these are not <laughs> easy answers. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like Well, I think we don't like our answers because I mean we don't like our answers. <laughs> you might not like our I mean, we want what we want. Right. Right. And so if we have internalized the idea that I'm going to be happy and at peace when my laundry's done and right. You know, I'll be the first to say, there is a special kind of laundry happiness and Oh, peace. it is heavenly. <laughs> it a is. clean kitchen yeah, is heavenly. It does. Drawers full of right. folded underwear. Yeah. It is heaven on earth. You just want to sit there and look earth. at it for a yeah. while. Yep. I get it. You want to take Instagram pictures of it moment. and share it with the world. <laughs> exactly. But it's a moment. And just let it be a moment. Yeah. It's not defining. It's not your identity. It's just and a just small like, joy. And we can all get behind that. We can all say, like, this clean house is not my identity. Like, absolutely, my identity is in Christ. But the messy house is also not your identity. That's good. The yeah. You know, these yeah. children who are behaving so well and look so good right now, that is not my identity. Easter Sunday. My identity yeah. is in Christ. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, also, the children who are throwing themselves on the floor and mm-hmm. are, like, a little bit, terrifying are mm-hmm. also not your identity you should I sit on something yeah. yeah yeah well like, just yeah the yeah the the mess is not my identity right it's they're too it's really the same lie right but it's two extremes so we might know okay we don't put our identity in our success right however we define that yeah. we also do not put our identity in our failures yeah 
And it's in that place where Ooh. if that's not where our identity lies, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to just live with it a little bit. Yeah. You know, I'm still a mom and I still, you know, when you guys are all together, I see attitude. I see <laughs> my own. <laughs> I see things that I'm like, I didn't teach them that. How come they're <laughs> acting like that? You know? And, but that's as, as a mom, well, there's two sides of that. One is, there's a part of me that's just like, did I miss it here? Did I, did I really, how did I miss that? And very quickly, I can, you know, be tempted to own it, which is not true at all, you know. Um, <laughs> I did my best. Now you, you go do what you want to with your life. No, but the other part I was just thinking about probably even more is I am your mom and I'm in your corner from here to eternity. And that's not your identity. I don't define you by your failures and your bad attitudes and your mishaps and your struggles and your lost job or, you know, right. your what your house looks like. Yeah. I love and rejoice with you when, you know, you get a raise or your brother, you know, and his wife just are buying their first house. I am thrilled. Right. But if they stayed in a tiny little apartment on the bad side of town— it doesn't affect my my I might want more for them, but I that's not their identity at all. Yeah. And so their success isn't their identity, but their failure isn't the bad attitude, you know, around with the family at the table. Or that doesn't define them in my eyes either. Right. And I'm just an earthly mom. How much more does God in his perfect love look at us and say, You're defined by my love for you, really? Right. I love you. And and if he's looking at us that way, not identifying us by our success or our failure, how you know, that is an invitation. Yeah. To just receive that kind of love and believe it. Mm-hmm. That our worth is in his love for us, in how he's made us, strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. And isn't it interesting because, I mean, we start off talking about complaining, and it's not really about the complaining. It's just about where where we stand, what we believe is true. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, we're, we're talking about complaining, but complaining is the, the effect. It's the— It's the fruit right. of our thoughts and right. sometimes our, our— Our disordered thinking. Yeah, yeah. Right, and when you order your thoughts, when you change your mind, you change your life. You know, when we— when we learn something new about our life, it changes our life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think that's... More than circumstances. Way yes, more than circumstances. Well, and you know, it does, it's that's so easy to see. I mean, you look at some of the quote-unquote most successful people in the world, and they're also often some of the very most miserable people in the world. Mm-hmm. If they've put their hope in that. Then you also look at some of the people who are so content and so happy with so little, you know, throughout history. And so that should tell us where is true contentment and love and peace found. Yeah. And while we might not be, you know, those extremes, and most of us aren't in either of those extremes Mm -hmm. of, you know, poverty or great, great wealth— um, but we certainly can learn from them. 
Yeah. So maybe I'm not putting my hope in, you know, some business success or new house or new car, but in just ordering my house. That if I could do that, then I'm going to be happy. Yeah. That I'm going to be. And, you know, we just fill in the blank with whatever it is. Um, yeah. And we chase our tails. And it's sad. And, and I think that, to me, brings us back to where we started. It's a thief. Yeah, and to be keep that in front of us that complaining when we're tempted to complain, you know, there's it's not about our circumstances, it's not about the other person. Ultimately, it's someone trying to rob us. And Thanksgiving, complaining is a thief, and Thanksgiving is a multiplier. It's like you've mm. got what you've got, and then you get it twice because now yes. you've given thanks for it. Yeah, it's the happiest people I know are just full. Of Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking right now of our neighbor, Larry. He is awesome. And every time Ethan and I see him or talk to him, he's talking about just how beautiful the weather is. Or mm-hmm. I'm just so glad to be able to, I'm, I'm thankful to be out here and mm-hmm. get to go for a walk. He's always walking, riding his bike, mowing his lawn. I mean, like, I'm his neighbor. I see his life. It's pretty simple. Yeah. And he is... So joyful. Yeah. And it's really funny. Our kids love him, too. The other day, Ezzy was like, hey, Emily, how you doing? And I was like, hey, Ez. And he's like, hi, not Ez. Hi, Larry. Oh, I I was like, did you say the wrong person? No. He was pretending to be Larry. He was pretending to be Larry. Emily, that's funny. That's cute. It is so cute. And those kind of people, you pay attention. They can really, really teach us a lot. Yeah, they can change your mind. Mm-hmm. Which will change your life. That sounds like a book title. Change Somebody. your mind and change your life. <laughs> you go on your speaking tour. Yeah. All right. I'll dye my hair. No, we've talked. Oh, wow. We've talked for a long time. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes. <laughs> Have a great day. Talk to you next week. All right. Bye. <laughs>